Well, good evening um, to all of you that have chosen to spend Saturday night uh, on a meeting um, for those of us who have considered ourselves compulsive eaters. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit. One of the problems, um, I think for me, was really believing that I had a disease. Um, you know, I thought, well, it was just a lack of willpower or, you know, something something else. I, I did not, for a long time, believe I really had a disease. Um, I w- I've been on, well, first of all, I'm 75, and I... <laughs> I started dieting uh, when I was in seventh grade, and uh, my mother took me to the doctor uh, because I was about 25 pounds overweight, and they put me on diet pills. Uh, And so, you know, a youngster um, on speed, which is exactly what it was then, um, Boy, I sure did lose weight. Yes, I did. I lost my weight. Um, and, you know, I think my my parents were happy about that because uh, in my family, uh, it was very important, um, you know, not to be overweight. There was obesity in my family. Um, one of my uncles was you know, well over 300 pounds. And some others were, you know, kind of overweight. And, you know, family gatherings were centered around food. Um, You know, a lot of time spent getting it ready, making it, cleaning up, you know, after. Um, And I think at an early age, I equated food with love. Uh, We'd go to my dad's mom's, uh, and she always had, you know, my dad's favorite dessert sitting on the table when we got there. I'd go to my mother's mom's, and she always had some money and told us to go to the store and buy a little treat. And, you know, uh, there was kind of a, you know, not just a hug, but like something, of course it was sugary, you know, sweet. Um, so I think that, you know, kind of led to um, me treating food that way. Plus, we moved around a lot. We actually moved every two years. My dad was not in the service, but um, he worked in the dairy business and We moved a lot, and we moved once because of my brother's um, illness with asthma, and we had to leave that town because of the cotton gins, and he was frankly dying um, because he couldn't breathe. And I think, you know, about a little bit before then, that's when I kind of started um, putting on some weight, and then, you know, in, the, in seventh grade, we went on diet pills. So it wasn't too long after that that 
I um, actually switched addictions and I, I started smoking. Both my parents smoked. So I was probably already addicted. Um, I have a history of switching addictions. And then in uh, high school, um, you know, we always found somebody to buy us beer. So we drank on the weekends. And so when I put down the food, I picked up smoking and, you know, probably binge drinking, I would say, on the weekends. Um, never really learning how to deal with life on life's terms. So I, you know, continued to diet. I'd go up 25 pounds. Maybe I'd lose 20. Um, it never went back down as far as I gained weight. And in 1980, I read about Overeaters Anonymous in Dear Abby. And so I went, but I treated it as a diet club. Uh, I call what I did drive-by OA. I'd go to a meeting once a week. Our meetings were an hour. I said I had a sponsor. I'd see her at the meetings, didn't talk to her during the week, really didn't do any in-depth study of the literature. Uh, we read it, I think, at meetings, and then we discussed it. Um, at that time, they were handing out gray sheet, which is a very unhealthy food plan. It had very little fat in it, and we need fat, healthy fat. Um, but I really just treated it as kind of a social diet club. So I lost 40 pounds, probably needed to lose 60. And after about, um, well, the other thing I did do was quit eating white sugar, but I used honey and turbino sugar, which, you know, is just sugar. Um, and after seven years, um, I was at an okay weight, I would say. And I thought, well, I don't need to do this anymore. Uh, you know, my weight, my weight was okay. Um, I actually had gone through step five. I did um, step five at um, the Cynical in Wyzetta, which it was a Catholic retreat center. Uh, but, you know, I never went beyond that. So I thought, you know, I don't, I, I'm too busy. You know, my weight's okay. I'm doing okay. Well, then I went into what I call my 13-year slide into hell. And um, I think I just, you know, things really got crazy. My brother committed suicide. Um, I, I handle things like that at the moment really well, but it will be a year or two after when I don't handle it so well. And I, you know, just started eating and trying to deal with life by using food and not, you know, just not feeling, stuffing my feelings. Um, so, but 
what I want to say here is that, you know, I think every human being deals with things that are unpleasant. Um, you know, some have horrible parents. Some are terribly abused. But I think that I truly believe that I have a disease. And there is something in me that makes me unable to deal with food normally. And I would like to read, this is on, on page X in the third edition, I believe it's the third edition, of Overeaters Anonymous. And it's the new forward. And it says, recent advances in brain mapping techniques such as MR imaging have clearly identified specific chemical responses in the brain that differentiate a compulsive overeater from his or her non-addict peers. Now, it continues to say the evidence has taken speculation and theory to the level of scientific fact. And actually, compulsive eating was um, determined to be a mental illness 10 years ago um, by the, whatever you call it, the American Association of Psychiatry. So we really do have a disease. It isn't just um, that we want to eat too much, that we want to stuff our feelings. All of this, of course, is part of it, as is our, you know, a, a spiritual ma malady, um, because our disease is threefold. It's spiritual, mental, and physical. So in order to get well, we really have to work on all three levels. So after I had gained over 100 pounds and knew I was not going to live to see my grandkids grow up if I didn't change my life, I had severe acid reflux. I had life-threatening um, um, God, now I can't even remember what it was. Um, you know, sleep apnea, and I had high blood pressure. Uh, you know, my joints ached. I thought I was going to have to have a hip replacement. My knees hurt. Well, hey, how sane is it to carry around? It was like almost three bags of water softener salt every single day. I mean, my God, I don't even want to carry, I have my handyman carry a 40-pound bag to the basement now because I don't want to carry that, and actually, I'm not supposed to carry anything that heavy. Um, so, you know, it was just like crazy carrying around all that weight and doing that to my body, hating myself because I would say, oh, on Monday, you know, I'll do it on Monday. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, my kids are going to graduate. Um, you know, I'll, I want to look good for that. On and on, the promise is broken. Um, humiliated. You know, I was just humiliated. I didn't want anybody to see 
me naked, of course, uh, and my, you know, including my husband, which I believe hurt our marriage. Um, and while I don't, my kids have never said that they were ashamed of me. I think that some of their friends kind of looked and went, whoa, you know. Um, so three things happened, and I call them my little God knocks. And that was, um, I was trying, I went back to OA in 2000, and I was desperately trying to get my act together. And I was eating raw carrots, but, you know, crunching on them, a one-pound bag of raw carrots, and my jaw locked up. So I ended up at the dentist with muscle relaxants. He sent me to TMJ, you know, got a mouth guard, went to physical therapy. She said to me, you know, this isn't just a physical disease. It's emotional and it's spiritual. And I had been in, you know, OA all those years, and I was back there, and it was like, huh, what? And then um, I went to a treatment center that used to have, uh, once a month, they had speakers come in. And this speaker spoke on forgiveness of ourselves because we had a disease. It's like, hey, we didn't choose this disease, but we had this disease. And then uh, I was holding two grandchildren. They were born a month apart. And that really did me in because I knew if I did not change my life, I would not live to see them grow up. And my mother died at 39 of a cerebral hemorrhage and she had been taking my diet pills for like four years. Um, a doctor from Omaha had kept refilling the prescription and my mom died of a stroke. She also smoked, but that's one of the reasons they quit giving those pills to women. Under five minutes remaining. Thank you very much. So then I actually was graced by a new program that came into town in Minnesota. Um, and I, the first meeting, I think, was in May of 2001. I went and I listened to this lady who had 15 years of abstinence. And she actually worked the program. She had a sponsor. She read, uh, you know, did her reading and writing every day. She had a food plan. She weighed and measured her food. Um, and so, you know, she connected with other fellows that were working the program. Um, you know, of course, went to a meeting. She couldn't find an OA meeting. She went to an, a an open AA meeting. And it dawned on me that just maybe if I did what she did, that maybe I could find that abstinence. And by the grace of God in OA, I have been free of compulsive eating, sugar, and in our program, you can't drink either, which I greatly miss, by the way. <laughs> um, but since June 25th, 2001, 
And I've been relieved of, uh, right now it's 102 pounds. But it happened because I truly believed that I had a disease. It wasn't a lack of willpower. I had a disease and that my disease, there, it can't be cured, but I can be put in remission if I just actually work the program. I mean, really work it. Use the tools. Work the steps. Who knew? You know, it's actually simple. Easy, not always. But what isn't easy is being ashamed and hating yourself every morning you wake up and my those two grandchildren that I was holding both have graduated from college now and I'm here. I would not be here without this program. Um, you know, I abused my body. I had bypass. Um, but I made it through. If I would have weighed 100 pounds more, um, I do not know how I could have made it through that. Um, I have a circle of support. Uh, things happen. Really crummy, horrible things happen. Um, I had three deaths within six months of like the three most important people, uh, men in my life. My dad, my ex, who we became friends, and my only brother. Did I pick up the food? And I also had open heart surgery during that time. Did I pick up the food? No. I picked up the phone. I read. Um, there were times I didn't have enough energy to write, but I would read. And by doing that, I could, you know, tell my sponsor what I read. My life is so much better. Perfect? Heck no. But there are ways to deal with life without food. I love my food. I eat healthy food. Um, and I have a circle of support that surrounds me with love. And, you know, I don't have to stuff my feelings anymore. So I guess what I wish for all of you is to accept that we have an incurable disease and it's not a lack of willpower. We're not bad people. It was the luck of the draw. We got this. But we are so lucky that there is some medicine, which is our program, that's freely available. And you know what? We, we can get better. And without this program, I simply would not be here. And I still want to be here. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Carolyn. One moment and I'll turn the recorder off.